Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, you are going to really appreciate um, this week's guest. He is a friend of mine that actually lives on the East Coast. So we had a little bit of working out time zones. I kind of had to put my thinking cap on a little bit, but here we are, we're here. And I really think that you are going to um, be encouraged uh, no matter where you're at in your life. Uh, you just be spurred on in your faith. And so with that, allow me to welcome to the show, my friend, Dorsey Ross. Thank you for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, your story is incredible. So why don't we start off by having you just share a little bit about who you are, where you're joining us from. I know I said the East Coast, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm from uh, originally from New York, but I'm now living in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is about 45 minutes outside of uh, Philadelphia. And I'm ordained minister, and I travel around sharing my story of what God has done in my life. And I'm also a author and a podcaster as well. Awesome. And so we're going to... Uh, uh, listeners, if you um, if you want to scroll down into the show notes, I'll have those links available down there. But um, yeah, I'm excited for people to tune into your podcast as well. You have some incredible guests on there. It, you have a really great show, uh, and to just really point people to you know the books that you've authored too. So um, really great resources there. Um, you have a story of of having been diagnosed with. Um, something rare. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I was uh, diagnosed at birth with a birth defect called Aplet syndrome, which is a birth defect of the hands and the face. And when I was born, my forehead was pushed out with my eyes and over pushed back into my head and my fingers and toes refused to get me. I had no individual movement of them. And my mom and my and my dad, they were both older in age. My mom was 41, my dad was 45 when they had me. And it is a genetic, um, you know, abnormality that caused this. And so when the doctors, you know, saw me and, you know, they rushed me off to be examined. They didn't have the, you know, the testing and the technology like they do today to determine the health of the baby or the, you know, what, you know, abnormalities the baby wouldn't have. <clears throat> so when they, when they, the doctor looked me off, they examined me and they also realized I had no skull opening and no cross spot to allow my room, allow my brain to grow, allow it to function normally. And they came up with the, you know, uh, uh, diagnosis that because of that, I would be eventually become brain dead. And when they were telling my parents, <clears throat> when they were telling my parents this, they said, you know, the best option that we can give to you is to put him into a institution. You can sign, you know, your rights away to him and you can 
walk out of the hospital and never have to worry about this silence. Thankfully, my <clears throat> thankfully my parents are both, you know, people of faith and people um, who knew and trusted in God and knew that God, you know, gave them this child for a reason and a purpose. And they said, you know, no, we're not going to give up on this child. We're not just going to, you know, allow him to, you know, be, you know, eventually die or eventually be have to be put into a some type of institution. And they decided that they were going to take me home. And then they took me to another hospital in New York City called Columbia Presbyterian. And the doctor there said, you know, if he has this operation at six weeks of age to open the skull and to allow his brain to grow and to function, he'll have a lot of difficulties and a lot of obstacles he'll have to overcome, but he'll he'll survive. You know, he'll be able to, you know, at least live for, you know, however long that might be. Even doctors when I was younger, I was never told that my parents had told me this, but they said that, you know, they didn't think I would live past the age of 18. Wow. And this, was back, this was back in, you know, 1977. So I'm now, you know, 44 years old. Praise the Lord. That right there is such a testimony of God's work in, in your life. And so uh, I just want to back up for um, just a couple minutes here. Uh, so the, the syndrome is called Apert's. Is that, am I pronouncing that correct? Some people say Apert's. I say A-P-E-R-T-S. Okay. So I was going to actually spell that. Yeah. So, but you just did that because this is something that I'm not very familiar with. And so um, I was wondering uh, a couple of things. You had said that it's it's genetic, right? And and so how rare is it? Because it is a rare thing. It is um, usually the. I mean, I think it's becoming more and more common now, or at least more and more people coming up, coming out, and saying, "Hey, my child has aplet syndrome." You know, hear what he or she is going through in their life. There's multiple um, on Facebook. There's multiple groups of people that you know come together and, and talk and discuss. You know this particular birth defect, of, of, along with other craniofacial, you know, disabilities that people deal with. And the last time I looked the number of births, you know, in like one in 88,000, um, one in 88,000 that happens in this, in, for this um, disability. Okay. And you said that it, um, life expectancy for you, they, your parents were told was 18. Is that, is that average for no. those? Okay. 
No, as long as you um, have, you know, as many operations as you can, as long as you, you know, um, you know, as long as you stay healthy, as long as you stay strong, as long as you do, you know, like I said, have a, as many operations as you can to, you know, relieve the pressure on your brain and all the all that type of stuff. You can live, you know, a so-called, you know, average, you know, the average life expectancy. Okay, okay, and so you've had operations uh, different i've had um 68 operations over my lifetime did i hear that right 68 yes wow dorsey and so how old were you when you had your first one six weeks to the operation on the on the skull six weeks wow Wow. And so I'm just, you know, I'm a mom. And so, you know, just thinking about your mom and, and, you know, your dad, your parents seeing this young baby that they just, they love so dearly um, at such a young age I mean, six weeks having this major surgery, um, they must in themselves have, have their own testimony of, of just really leaning in and trusting in the Lord. Right. Oh yeah, wow. definitely. Wow. And so do you have siblings? I have one older sister. The and I had another sister who passed away. And I also had two they would have been older brothers, but they unfortunately passed away when they were, you know, much young much, you know, in there, you know, probably within a couple of months of them being born. They passed away due to another type of disability, not from what I had, but another type of disability. Wow. Wow. Your your parents have such a story. Wow. Um, it would be great to hear from them, too. I mean, wow, that's really powerful. And so, you know, you've shared a little bit about um, already kind of introducing that there are some obstacles to, to overcome. What are, what are some of the bigger obstacles that you've had to overcome? I, I think the biggest one, you know, the biggest obstacle that I've had to overcome is the fact that, you know, of learning who I was, you know, learning why, you know, God made me the way that he did, learning to, and it's still sometimes a learning process, but learning to realize that there are people out there that are going to, you know, point and stare and, you know, say things about me and, you know, when I was younger growing up, and especially in my teenage years, you know, people would call me names and people would pick on me and stare and point and not fully understand, you know, why I look the way that I I do. And and so tell us a little bit about how you've how you've been able to overcome those because I think that overall, I mean this is just my own personal opinion, but overall it doesn't matter who you are, um, kids can be really mean. Um, I mean, you know, and then when, and then when, when a person has, has something like this, 
um, it, it just kind of elevates that, you know, the kids comments and, and, you know, they, that, what is that nursery rhyme that says, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me or whatever it goes. However it goes. Right. I think that that is the silliest nursery rhyme because words are powerful and they can be so damaging, oh, yeah. um, you know, especially as a young child and, and, you know, growing up and you're, you know, childhood and, and those teenage years, they're already hard to begin with. You know, you're trying to find your place in the world and, you know, becoming more confident in who you are as an individual. So tell us a little bit about how you, um, how you just overcame some of those things. I'm sure it was help of your, of your family. Right. Well, you know, like you said, the sticking stones may, may break your bones, but words will never hurt, you, hurt me. I call that out and say that's the biggest lie and the biggest farce that I've ever heard. You know, there's people on, well, anyway, I won't go there, but, um, so yeah, I just had to, you know, my parents were, <clears throat> were big, you know, were the biggest help, you know, with that, along with knowing, you know, God and knowing, you know, who I was in God and knowing, you know, realizing that, you know, regardless of why it happens, that God made me inside my mother's room. You know, Psalm 139 talks about that, that he made me inside my mother's body. And my parents, you know, growing up, they always treated me as someone, you know, without a disability, even though I had one. They always, you know, treated me as any other kid or any other sibling. They always, you know, they always allowed me to, you know, figure out for myself what I could and could not do and couldn't work very much. And I had to learn and realize that, you know, I was created in the image of God and I was his masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, you know, to be able to have that, that faith environment around you, um, you know, that even, you know, school was, was incredibly difficult, um, you know, and, and like we've already established words can be so damaging. Um, and then to go home and, and be surrounded by, um, faith-filled people that love you and see potential in you and um, and can just really speak truth and life over you. Um, I'm so grateful to the Lord that you had that foundation and that, that you know, that healthy faith-filled environment to, to really grow and, um, and be nurtured in your own faith. Absolutely. And the crazy thing about school was from the time I was five years old, when I entered um, school with, with the Henry Henry for Scottish School for people with disabilities. You know, from five from five years old to when I graduated when I was nineteen, it was always people with disabilities in that school, and you know, it was in that school for the most part, at least when I was younger, that <clears throat> where I you know where I was, you know, teased and made fun of and picked on, along with, you know, people on the outside world as well. 
Mm -hmm. And so do you feel like, were there ever times where you just felt bitterness or resentful or any, like, were you angry at any, at any point, even like, you know, at these, at these kids who just, you know, were unable to see you beyond, um, you know, outward, but to see you as a, as a person where, did you ever struggle with that? I did, you know, I, I did. And I, I think at times I still do, you know, there was a time, you know, I mean, it was a little kid, you know, not a little kid, probably four or five, maybe. And, you know, the kid said something, you know, looked at me and said something to, you know, not directly to me, but I, I overheard him. And, you know, even, you know, at 44, you would think, man, get over yourself and, you know, get, you know, maybe, maybe people think, you know, he should be used to it by now. Or he could, you know, people when I was younger would tell me, oh, you, you need to grow a thicker skin, you know. And, you know, but it's, you know, people, I don't think, especially when you, you know, haven't walked in that person's shoes, you don't understand what they are going through, what they have gone through in their life. So you shouldn't be telling them, hey, you need to, you know, grow a thicker skin or you need to get used to it. Yeah. You don't know what they have been through, you know. Right. And I would I would counter that with, well, um, you know, here we are in the world. Um, certainly we should be much farther along in, you know, being able to accept people for more than just, you know, physical appearance. Um, so Wow. Um, so you uh, you say this. This is something that that I I really love about who you are. You're just your heart. You. This is something that you really believe in. You say can't is not in my vocabulary. So the word can't is not in your vocabulary. Why is that? Well, it, it, you know, it, like I said earlier, you know. My parents always allowed me to figure out for myself what I could and could not do. And it, you know, pivot core for that type of, you know, pivot core for that because, you know, growing up, you know, my parents, you know, we, you know, I was part of a, a baseball league. I was part of a bowling league. I played basketball. You know, I played football in the street, you know, I played baseball in the street and, you know, I have shortened arms and my arms don't go up to full, to full width or to full strength. And, you know, there's, you know, rock climbing walls, you know, in, in these buildings. And I want, I did rock climbing, you know, I may not have, you know, done it fully to the top, but I did it to the best of my ability. So, you know, you know, if, you know, sometimes, well, I'll give you an example, if somebody would say to me, hey, are you going, you're not going, are you, you know, are you able to do this? You know, I'm going to say to them, yeah, I'm going to at least, maybe I will, maybe I, you know, maybe I won't, but I'll, I'm going to at least try and do that and see 
if I'm able to, to do that particular event or that particular obstacle or whatever it may have been. That is so awesome. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about how often we interject self-imposed limits, you know, thinking, oh, I, I can't do that, or I could never do that. And so I'm just not even going to try, you know, we won't even, um, you know, get our toes wet, so to speak. Um, and so, wow, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about people listening right now and, and just really being um, encouraged to um, rethink some of that mindset of, you know, not being willing to try something new when we're just being so encouraged and spurred on by your own story. And you know what, I'm, I'm going to try it. I, I realize that, that maybe I might not be able to do it like someone else, but I'm going to try this. I'm going to live my life. That is so awesome. So and awesome. Like, and like you said, you know, the self imposed limit. And that's the thing. My parents never put those limits on me, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to get too graphic, but I, you know, was helping my mom one day to wash the dishes. And, you know, my arms were going, so I wasn't able to, you know, um, I wasn't able to grab the handle. So I slipped and I fell, you know, doing the dishes. And they had to rush me to the hospital. Mm. And there was another time, I don't remember exactly you know, what happened, but there's another time that they had to rush me to the hospital and I came out with this big bandage on my head and according to my father, the first couple of words out of my mouth was, I guess I'm not going to be able to play football for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Or or ride my bike or something, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, we're talking about self-imposed limits, but you also, part of your story um, is that you've also had people place limits upon you based upon what what they perceived as inability maybe on on your part. Um, But there were people in your life that told you that you would not make it in college and yet you went on to enroll in college, and then you earned a bachelor's degree in youth ministry. I mean, before I before I get into my question with that, can I just say congratulations? Thank you. Congratulations for um, just everything that went into that. Your, you know, just the grit to keep going. You know, you just really broke through glass ceilings. I think. Um, and so, wow, what an encouragement you are. Um, were there days that you ever wondered if those people were right that you weren't going to make it through college? I don't think I ever thought that, but there were times, you know, when I wondered, you know, would I be able to make it? And, you know, the first couple of weeks when I went to Queensville Community College, where I, where I initially started, I wasn't doing well. You know, I didn't do well in school to begin with, you know. And I even had, you know, homeschooling when I was younger because I was so many days I was out of school, they had to send a, a um, teacher to the house to help me to keep up with the work in the classroom because I would be out, you know, I don't know how long, but two, three, four, you know, maybe even a couple of months at a time 
because all the operations that I was having. And so the first couple of weeks at community college was not easy for me. And I even had a discussion with my mom about the fact that, you know, is this something that I'm going to be able to do? And she said to me, you know, take it a few more weeks. And if you still feel like you're struggling, if you still feel like you're not going to make it, then we'll, you know, talk about what, you know, what the next step would be. And I found out that they had a Chaos for Christian Club on the campus, which is a, a weekly Bible study group that they had on this particular campus. And I went to that meeting. And the first, from the first time I went to that meeting till four years later, you know, I was no longer sick. It doesn't mean that I struggle, I didn't struggle. It doesn't mean that I didn't have to take, you know, different, the same class over again or that I didn't fail classes. But physically, I was no longer sick at night. It wasn't like I was staying up at night and and having, you know, vomiting issues or having sickness issues at at night. And even, even after I went to community college and got a associate's degree, that's when I still felt like I was called call by God to go on to Bible college to study the study youth ministry. And even that was hard at times. I even had somebody tell me at one point, hey, maybe you should get another associate's degree because at least if you don't make it or you don't, you know, aren't, aren't able to graduate with your bachelor's degree, you'll at least have something to fall back on. And one of the hardest, <clears throat> one of the hardest things for me was in Barbara College was the fact that on December 7, 2002, my mom passed away. Mm. But I still, you know, had the tenacity and the perseverance to keep going forward and to keep moving forward. And on May 5th, as you already said, May 5th, 2005, when I got my bachelor's degree in youth ministry. Mm. Congratulations. You know, I'm thinking about um, so many things here in you sharing your um, your experience in in higher education, and you know, one of them being your ability to um, to keep keeping on, to keep going, even though it was it wasn't easy. You know, I mean, we don't have our heads in the sand here. You're you know, you're freely admitting that there were days that were hard. Um, you know, and even going to your mom and saying can I do this? But, you know, I think that, would you say at the end of the day, it was, it was your parents' constant just instillment in you that, um, that God created you with and for a purpose, that there's potential lying on the inside of you. And I'm sure even just having their belief and their support in you was just so impactful and your ability to, 
overcome some of those obstacles. Oh, absolutely. It was definitely, it was definitely their help and their, their support in, you know, in my life that helped, that helped me. And I don't know, you know, where I would be without them at this, at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I'm thinking about um, these, these people. So uh, would you say that it was, was college professors, teachers that, that um, maybe suggested that you wouldn't make it in college? No, one of the administrators, you know, one of the, you know, people in the administration office or whatever, whatever it was at that time that said, you know, you might, you know, may you know, may want to get, you know, an associate's degree. Okay. And so, you know, when I think about um, people in those leadership positions in, you know, colleges and community colleges and, and that kind of thing, these these people are, you know, supposed to be encouraging students to, to um, you know, pursue this and, and even coming alongside them to, um, you know, to help them enroll and choose the, the best course for them. And, and so how did you overcome that, um, that perceived lack of, of support from them? I could, I think I could, you know, wanted to say, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to, you know, prove you wrong and prove the high school history teacher that, you know, that said, hey, I'm, you're not going to make it. I'll prove this one wrong that says, I'm not go- you're not going to be able to graduate with a bachelor's degree because you failed classes or you, you failed tests and you're not, you're not doing well. You know, it took me nine years to get out of college, you know, combined between the two colleges. It took me nine years to get two associate's degrees and one bachelor's degree. And going back to what another story about my mom, I had even asked her, I said, you know, how long do you think it'll take me to finish college? And she said, I don't care if it takes you 10 years as long as you, as long as you finish. <laughs> she wasn't too far off. I don't know if she, you know, she had a uh, insight to that or, or any wisdom on that or what, but... That's awesome. You know, as I'm listening to you and you, you've mentioned a couple of times that, you know, there were some classes that, that, um, that you failed in, but you kept going anyway. Can I just encourage, and, and Dorsey, you probably would too, any listener out there, um, and I know that I'm being encouraged here just listening to you, that we're all going to fail from time to time. We're human beings. Um, we're living in the world and, you know, we're not perfect. Uh, we're going to fail at things, but because we're in Christ, we don't fail in, you know, to totality, we fail forward. Uh, And so would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, look at you. Yay. Just so exciting. Uh, so you had mentioned at the start of our time here together that you travel across America speaking at various events. Uh, what is your main message to the people who come out to hear you speak? I, I mean, it varies, but most of the time, just, you know, don't give up, you know, keep keep doing what, you know, what God wants you to do, you know, just, you know, you know, whenever, like you said, whenever you fail, just keep, keep getting up and keep moving forward in, in your trials and in, in the tribulations that you're facing at that time. You know, most, and, of, most of my messages are in 
churches and you know different events like that. So it's mostly a you know faith based you know inspiring message from from the Bible and from what you know God wants me to speak at that time. Sure, sure. Well, I am sure that um, in some way or another, you um, interweave, you know, parts of your story into any message that you have. And I'm just thinking about, um, you know, just the short time that that we've had here together. And I know that I've, um, you know, I've been on your show as well. You're just um, an excellent and so gracious host yourself. Um, And so, you know, just the short amount of time, um, you know, being in your circle, being in your, in, you know, in, in just in your presence, um, I can imagine that the people that come out to hear you speak are so encouraged and, and that God would bring people that, that do feel like, I just don't know that I have it in me to keep going. I'm, you know, considering quitting. Is it really worth it? This is harder than I thought. And at that very moment, God used you in a very powerful and effective way to, to speak into their lives. And so I'm sure that people must come up to you afterwards and just share a little bit about how your, your story encourages them. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, So I'm thinking about as we're wrapping up here, thinking about someone listening today who is is feeling like quitting. You know, we um, you know, we're talking about not quitting. Keep going. You said so, so passionately. And yet there's there's probably someone, maybe more than one listening that has been in a really hard, challenging time and and they are really seriously throwing in the towel, um, you know, considering just walking away um, just because they're so discouraged. What would you say to that person today? I would say, you know, I was in in your shoes and and at times I am in your shoes when I still feel like giving up. I still feel like, you know, is what I'm doing you know, worth it is, you know, is what I'm doing worth it. And, you know, when I was younger, when I was getting teased and made fun of, I thought about, you know, ending my life. And I thought about, you know, giving up. And, you know, God kept telling me, hey, don't give up. I have something great in store for your life. So I could tell the listeners, you know, don't, don't give up. You know, keep doing what it is that you want to do in your life, no matter what obstacle and no matter what, you know, trial, you know, wall is in front of you, keep moving forward and keep breaking through those walls and those obstacles in your life. Mm -hmm. And would you say that in addition to all of those great points, that it's really important to um, be aware of who you're surrounding yourself with. Are they speaking life and truth over you? Oh, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta surround yourself with people that are speaking life and speaking truth to you. You know, you can't have those toxic people, you know, surrounding you. That's that's not going to help you either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, your own story, which you've so effectively communicated with us in this short time together, um, you know, you being in that faith filled environment, you know, encouraging you, you can do this. I support you. I believe in you and calling out that potential in you. Had you been, you know, just really spending most of your time with people 
you know, with the opposite message for you, I mean, do you feel like you would be where you are today? No, I'm really not. Yeah. Yeah. And so listeners with that, you know, just be encouraged to, um, to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people that, that believe in you and, um, you know, will spur you on, remind you of, of what God has said to you, what he has spoken to you. Because I think that sometimes when we get so discouraged, we sometimes forget what, what God said. And, um, those people in your life that they can remind you of the song that's in your heart when you forget the lines. Um, and that's just really, really important. And if you, feel like, uh, and I'm sure Darcy would agree too, that if you feel like, gosh, I look at my life and I don't have those people right now, um, we would both encourage you to pray about that and ask the Lord and believe for him to bring those people into your life because he wants that for you as much as you do, if not more, right? Right. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, Dorsey, this has been just so great. I feel like uh, we could just keep going on and on and on and talking. You are um, you're just awesome. And I don't know, I'm I'm, I have a feeling that I'll probably have you back on the show at some time in the future to either continue this conversation or delve into another topic. But um, where can people connect with you? Yeah, people people can connect with me on on my website, you know, ministries.com. I'm also on Facebook at Dorsey Ross, and I'm also on, um, well, actually, you need to look at my ministry page now because I'm, I got too many people on my, uh, you know, on my uh, Facebook page. They, I got the limit now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, they limit that to, I think, the 5,000. 5, okay, okay, so... Like, my, my ministry page is just Dorsey uh, ministry on Facebook, and I'm also on Instagram at, at Dorsey.Ross. Okay. Uh, and then uh, your podcast? Yes, the Dorsey Ross Show. Okay. Uh, and again, um, listeners, take a look at the show notes. These links will be there for you because I know that you will want to connect with him. Uh, and tell us... You're, you're an author. You mentioned right. that earlier. How my many book, books have you written? Just one right now. Okay. My book is called uh, Overcomer. Overcomer. Well, isn't that perfect for today's show? I love that. Uh, so if you want more of that, if you want to be encouraged um, to overcome, you will want to um, grab yourself a copy of that book and they can find it on Amazon. Do you also have it on your website? I do. Yeah, I have it on my website as well. Okay, perfect. And are you um, speaking anywhere uh, soon? I'm speaking actually this weekend. I'm speaking in uh, New York. Okay. Okay. And, in Queens. Okay. Do you have on your website just like a little itinerary in case somebody is in the area and they want to hear you speak? Yes, I do. Perfect. Okay. So they can find all of that on your website as well. Right. Awesome. Oh, Darcy, you um, just so, so appreciate you, your willingness to open up your life a little bit and speak into my life and the listening community here at She Connects. So um, with that, uh, have a great rest of your week um, and go ahead and share this episode with someone that you know is, um, is just maybe um, questioning uh, their purpose in life and, and maybe considering quitting. I know that they will be 
encouraged um, through Dorsey's story. So uh, with that, have a great rest of your week and I will catch you next time.